Welcome to Bioinnovator Spotlight at Life Science Org, where we listen to the life science leaders of tomorrow tell their story and discuss their challenges as founders and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, scientist turned communicator, Dr. David Kirk. Let's meet today's founder. I'm joined this week by Zara Jawad, founder of Chrysalis, based in Cambridge in the UK. Zara, thank you for joining me in the Bioinnovator Spotlight. Thanks for having me, David. Zara, I'd love to know why you decided to become a founder. Please tell me about your background and your journey to founding Chrysalis. So I started my career in industry about 16, 17 years ago um, and joined uh, a company called Demantis. I, before that, I was set on being an academic, and that's really where I wanted to be. Wow. And when I was looking for my next postdoc, I just didn't get offered any post good postdocs that I liked. And I got offered this job in industry. And I remember my hiring boss at the time said, you'll never regret this. So reluctantly, I joined. Um, and that's where I started my career in sort of antibody engineering and um, really learning how to the basics of making a drug. I had my head down and I was part of that team of just doing one job very well and delivering that to the team. And I found that I could get results really quickly. And I can't remember, I keep remembering thinking back, if I only I did my PhD now, I could have finished it in one year, given the, the speed at the res, which the results come out in industry. Mm. But that was remarkable. And, and the other part was the teamwork that we all had a part to play. And I love that part of industry. And that's where I really started learning about antibody discovery. Demantis got then bought by GSK and the shift changed in how to make a molecule for a patient. And that's very different to just making a drug. Um, there's people that really are in need. And that's really where the whole ethos started for me, that there's people actually in real need for drugs. And GSK used to show us videos of patients who were in severe pain, who were dying, who were, and, and it was cheesy at the time, but actually made quite a big impact on me that there were real people who were in real need. And that was really my driver, been, really has been my driver for my career. Um, I spent quite a long time at GSK and Demantis really learning how to make drugs uh, really well. Went from like learning one job really well to eventually starting to lead projects and understanding how to go from the chaos of research a candidate, deliver something to a clinical candidate. And I love that. I love being part of that team, really. That's really what drove me. And I moved on from GSK to um, MRC Technology, which is now known as LifeArc, where very different thinking there. And this is, again, part of the Chrysalis ideas formed. It's actually they took ideas from academia and tried to develop them into high value molecules for industry to sell them as single assets or to partnership with single asset, as single assets. And there was a very different view. You were just make, making something of highest value as possible and getting, again, go from, from the chaos of academia into a, a real candidate that, that pharmaceutical companies would like. And, um, and then I moved on from there to an American-based company called Agenis, where um, I was employee number two, the Cambridge site. It was, um, we had nothing, we had a lab bench that we'd borrowed uh absolutely no pipettes nothing we used our own credit cards to buy our first materials wow. we had um we had a um a budget from one well, didn't even the procurement wasn't even set up uh properly so we had five employees i couldn't have them sitting around doing nothing so it was about 
the energy of getting everyone up and going. And I love that, setting that all up. You know, it was hectic. We all rolled our sleeves up. We were opening boxes. We were cleaning labs. We got a lab space um, secured. We, we kitted it out. We got five projects started at that time. And I, I love that energy of starting something up. And, yeah. Um, and although like my my real speciality is delivering drug candidates, I was surprised later in a Jenna six months in where they told me that actually you're going to lead the innovation group. And I was like, oh. what? I don't do innovation. <laughs> I'm, I'm a deliverer of projects and I'm very good at like making sense of the chaos. Uh, I surprised myself in that field. I actually had a really mm. successful time at um, Anagenis, uh, where I led the the, the innovation group, um, but saw a big gap. And that's where really Chrysalis came in, mm. where, you know, it's not really the fault of the biotech and pharmaceutical companies. The pressure they are under to deliver the pipeline is immense. Mm. And so the real opportunity for innovation was limited. I could see with Agenis that they had a massive monoclonal antibody portfolio. The next sensible step was, was a bispecific antibody. I got a lot of pushback to bring in that platform, and I, but I brought it in anyway. Brought it in when everybody said, no, you shouldn't be, uh, because Agenis needed its own bispecific, proprietary-free, bispecific platform that they could develop, and I could see that would be value for the company. And it's painful to do it that way. You'd make a lot of enemies. And you end up having to bring in what's, and it's something very small innovative to a company, but they don't have the scope. They're so focused on delivering the pipeline. In hindsight, both molecules that were developed by me and my team, um, Agen 1223 and Agen 1777, both were sold for over $100 million wow. to BMS and Gilead. So in hindsight, we did a good thing to start that off, but sometimes companies don't see that until much later. And if I really wanted to change the way that we looked at drug discovery and make those life-changing medicines, I realized in Agenis I needed to go on my own and do that mm. through my own startup and the need to build something again. I love that and, and, and making that chaos into something reasonable. Um, but I didn't know how to get started. Absolutely mm. had no idea. I'm not fortunate to be part of a university. I'm not spin out. I don't have the support of a tech transfer office mm. or anything like that. How? And I remember talking to my dad about it for about six months. How do I get, even get started? Mm. Um, and a friend of mine forwarded to me um, an email that she got about an accelerator program at Abraham. I it didn't even come onto my radar. It came to me through a friend. And one evening, uh, while my daughter was at her dance lesson for two hours, I just filled in an application form for it, didn't even review it, and just pressed the submit button because I really just wanted feedback. Yeah. That's all I was looking for, for, just some feedback on how I could get started and, and so someone to show me some guidance. And I was shocked when they offered me a place. So my tech transfer office then became really the Abraham Accelerator, who were the key support network. And so that's how things got started, really. Um, was through that really that accelerator program who taught me how I needed to start a company and introduced me to a plethora of like investors that I could get started with. Oh, that's amazing. Um, it, it's interesting because so many uh, people, as you say, do rely on their universities or uh, another environment that they're in to get started. You had to seek it out. Um, and that's, that's really cool. And that is, uh, I think good information for people as well who are sitting in companies who are uh, 
maybe in a university that doesn't have a super active tech transfer office or, or entrepreneurial uh, scheme, that they can go out and they can seek it out. It's out there. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it was hard to find to know about it. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people think as well from industry, why would I give up that comfortable, permanent, well-paid job yeah. to take that risk? Not many people do have done what I've done to actually give up that high-paid, comfortable, permanent job to take that risk. But there's a passion inside of me. I do think that the industry needs to think differently on how mm -hmm. it innovates. I think the only way to do it is through a startup, mm -hmm. really. And to bring that life-changing technology into the to the patients ultimately. Yeah, you mentioned your background as an antibody engineering, and you saw uh, in your various roles how the industry is even like focused on the pipeline, and innovation is becoming uh, more difficult, more pressured. I think is probably the better uh, word for it. Uh, what is the big problem in your field then that uh, that you can see? I mean, we've, we've done great strides in making great monoclonal antibodies that have cured so many diseases. It's, it's been life-changing for patients. Mm. But let's not forget, we still have about 60,000 patients dying every year that don't respond to cancer therapies at all. And, you know, the biggest, one of those biggest bottlenecks is actually the penetration of those, of those antibodies into the tumour, of which still very difficult. About, I think at best... It's between 0.01 to about 7% of what's dosed actually makes it into the tumor microenvironment to actually get those target cells and to get them, you know, to, to stop those signaling pathways or to get those T cells to actually activate and, against the tumor. So it's, it's still a massive bottleneck to get that drug into the tumor. And I think that's what I'm really trying to address. It's a big problem that industry know, but don't know how to solve. Um, I have a very simple idea. Again, that's part of the philosophy of Chrysalis is that the simplest ideas must be the ones that are correct. It's those, those ones that are just looking at a problem from a very different angle, gives you a solution that doesn't have to be fancy with a huge amount of development. And that's really the, the issue that we're trying to hopefully trying to get to those patients who are like more in the later stage of cancer that can't be treated that now can be with, with the Chrysalis technology. And for yourself specifically, what is your big challenge now as a founder? Um, getting a team on board is, <laughs> is my biggest challenge. You know, as you can imagine, it's another a disadvantage of coming from industry is that your network is all in industry. I've not been in the academic field for 17 years, mm. and that makes it really difficult to get people to join you, to just like give up their jobs. Uh, they're comfortable, high-paid yeah. jobs, um, for, and so your network is quite limited to those who, um, but you know, so it, that's the hard. I think that's the biggest challenge for me is to get that team together and find those people that are brave enough to do what I do, who want to change the way that we do meaningful work and that how we can produce, you know, meaningful drugs for patients. Yeah. That's an interesting challenge. I'm sure that's one that will resonate with a lot of the founders that uh, we'll speak to in the rest of the series. And finally, the last thing I want to ask you, what book or documentary has helped shape your thinking? I was inspired once at a conference um, where I sat at a table um, with somebody um, for lunch um, mm. called Andy Upsall from a company in Scotland. And we spent two hours at that 
that dinner table. We missed the rest of the afternoon of the conference. And he told me I needed to read a book called Reinventing Organizations. And um, that was a book that's really inspired me um, about how we can really change the way of working to empower people more and, and sort of a fairer place to work, less hierarchical place to work. That book and its sort of subsequent books with it, like Brave New Work, that all really follow the same principles of really breaking down the future of work into something that's more meaningful for people is something that really inspires me and what, what I really want to build the culture and chrysalis on. That's a great recommendation. Thank you for that. And thank you for joining me on this podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, David. Are you a life science CEO in Europe? Go to lifescienceorg.com, where you can connect, share, and engage with a community of your peers. We have a platform just for early stage founders, too. You can join there at nextgen.lifescienceorg.com.